Hello and welcome to the Middlesex County Cricket League podcast. My name's Dan Huff from Twickenham. Um, as ever, there has been no rain. In fact, I don't remember the last time it rained. It's been sun, sun and more sun. So we've got plenty of cricket to be talking about. As usual, I'm joined by Sal Ali from North London. Sal, how are you? I'm well, Dan. There was a slight drizzle of rain in the air today. Uh, popped outside, but yes, we have continued this fantastic summer so far. And I think what did you do? Just lie get... in the garden and try and soak it all in? Yeah, that's yeah, the I was thing I'd have done. Sticking yeah, <laughs> my tongue out. Um, but yeah, I think the Daily Star is, you know, is my source to go to. And oh, I yes. think this weekend, another hot weekend planned. Another scorching. Yeah, yeah, not planned. I don't plan the weather. Fantastic. And were you standing last weekend? Did you have plenty of hours yeah, out a, there? I had a game on Saturday in Div 2, which comes later on East Coast against Jim Carner, Indian Jim Carner. Super. We'll talk about that a bit later. Also, really pleased to welcome a guest on board this evening, um, a name that many listeners will, will know really well. Um, great to have Dave Burton from Finchley with us. Dave, how are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Thank you for having me here. Well, great that you could join us. Um, I was just going to sort of start, Dave. You, you, you've been around Middlesex cricket quite a while now. Do you, do you just want to talk to us a bit about your, your background, obviously of Finchley now, but of a different parish not so long ago? Um, how, how did you start out in Middlesex? Well, funny enough, it actually was, I mean, I've had eight years at Richmond, but even before that, I was at um, Winchmore Hill. Mm. And that was when I was trying in for Middlesex. It was actually for me to try, try and get back into Middlesex. Um, it was from 2008, um, got released and then joined Winchmore Hill for the 2009 season to get back in. And yeah, I played quite, most probably my last good season of being a batsman. I remember coming into the club as an opening bowler and ended up batting number three for him for majority of the season. But that was, that was you know, that those were most probably good highlights of the league itself because it was a tough league. Um, it was time cricket all season, which perfectly, you know, fit well with me and you know, um, the players, Finchie were definitely not a weak team. I think Finchie had Sam Robson at the time. Yeah, good uh, player. Playing for, mm-hmm. you know, Sam Robson and another legend named Richie, Richie Bannum, um, who, who, was, who was also trying for Middlesex at that time. So, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a tough league. Though, you know, every every team pretty much had their, their local, you know, former pro or current yeah. pro, um, you know, strutting their stuff every, every, every week. And good place to bat. If you're batting at three at Winchmore Hill, that's got to be uh, that's, that's got to be a decent deal, isn't it? Yeah, it was. It, it was. It was definitely a good deal. Um, batting, batting at three for him. Um, I don't think Winchmore Hill had I'd had plans in, in, in elevating me up the order. I don't yeah. think I obviously thought that that was going to happen. But no, I ended up enjoying batting. And Winchmore was it was a good wicket. It was a good wicket yep. to, to 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 bat on. Definitely. Uh, it's a tough wicket to bowl on. Yeah, I was thinking that. I wasn't quite going to say it, but I was thinking it's definitely somewhere I'd rather bat a bowl. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely. I remember coming up against Paul Weeks throwing the kitchen sink yeah. at him, and yeah, he managed to make it look very easy. Well, he did that for quite a quite a while, didn't he? He was he was pretty sort of competent at making it look easy when he wanted to be. Um, one thing about Winchmore Hill, our two's played there at the weekend, and they have this live feed, like many clubs do now, like like we do at Twickenham, and and uh, and you know we're far from alone, but they have they have commentary with it. And being being an extremely sad individual, I was watching this a little bit before I before I went out, and it was brilliant. I mean, I know, I know the commentators sometimes, you know, they may stray off into territory where the league's a little bit worried about what they're saying. But the guy there was an Australian guy, and he was brilliant. So if anyone from Winchmore Hill is listening, I thought the commentary was fantastic, and he was particularly good. In one of the, there was an incident. I've sent Sal a, a picture of this um, or, or a, a snippet of it, where one of our boys pings the ball in, and he nails the umpire. He gets him right in the <laughs> crown jewels, and the umpire's 
down. It's like these snipers got him. And the commentator says, oh, my goodness, that was potentially hilarious. But I'm just going to hold off just to make sure he's all right. And <laughs> I just thought, yeah, it was good. So good value. Fair play to Winchmore Hill. For, for nah, he's, 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 he's really good. He's really good. I think I, I ended up listening to a little bit of his content just to kind of, you know, find out you know, what is he saying. You know, whether yeah. it's biased or if he's just a fair commentator. But, yeah, after having a, a quick listen, listen, he's a legend. Don't know how yeah. he does it for a whole game. I've got an angle on that. Um, I've actually met him a couple of years back when we played the finals. A guy called Dom Phillip, his name is, and um, he's done some podcasts with him as well. So he's kind of the media man there. Um, he yeah. does like a Guinness. So I think that kind of keeps him going at times. When it's, uh, well, he needs something to keep going for eight hours on his own. I mean, I've got, I got yeah. a lot of respect for that. Um, he, and also... Good. I thought it was pretty funny. You know, I mean, I don't really care yeah. if he's more interested in Winchmore than the opposition. Of course he will be, you know, but at the same no, time... Yeah, he was good. I, I enjoyed that. Um, and then you've had eight years at Richmond. Was it eight years in total that you were at Richmond? Eight years, eight yeah. years at Richmond. In 2014, I think. Yeah. 2014, Another decent 14. place to bat. It was a great place. I, I, I knew Richmond from when we played second eleven cricket because we always used to play at Richmond. So that's, that was kind of my... Apart from playing at... Um, I remember playing for Winchmore Hill against Richmond. I think I scored 80 in that game. Um, but I just remembered it from second level cricket and always knew, you know, it was a good wicket um, just from a second level county perspective. So returning there, um, it was like, okay, this is this is most probably one of the one of the, the, the better pitches in the league. And yeah, it pretty much was, you know, all throughout the eight seasons. I must probably never ever disliked a particular Richmond strip. You know, it was you know, there may be times when weather may have changed and it was tough to kind of get the best out of it. But I think, you know, the oppositions that we always came up against, you know, it was kind of, you know, it was always, you know, it was always, you know, part of, you know, my trade and, you know, my bowling partner, Steve Stacey, was always, you know, our, our mission to kind of find the best out of the pitch and, you know, bring it to the opposition. So we were very resourceful bowlers, you know, one, one, of, my, one of my best partners, you know, but I was probably being able to, you know, handle, a lot of oppositions with. Yeah, absolutely. And at Finchley, I mean, aside from obviously playing for Finchley, you're heavily involved in the junior network, right? Yes. So, the, the, so the development and MDL. So it's very, very um, identical to what I've done for Richmond is exactly yeah. what I'm doing at Finchley. So captaining and coaching the Middlesex development team for Finchley. Um, it was, I think it's a campaign that they didn't have for about four years and they've now... Um, started back this season. So it is a bit of a slow starter. I think with a lot of Sunday fixtures, the Bertie Joel Club Career Conference Cup, um, Middlesex Cup, I think when the national knockouts came, you know, came on, you know, those kind of interrupted availability to some extent. But um, nonetheless, it's been, it's allowed me to kind of see, you know, a lot of the players. I know Finchie um, have had a good under-19 mm. side, especially last year. That seemed to that, that seemed to you know do outstandingly well. So I've been able to meet a lot of those players, not only on the league side, but also you know in that in that squad itself. All good, all good. I mean, Sal, Sal picked up last year actually. I know Finchley got relegated, but I remember Sal saying in one of his um, sort of summaries of their season that um, the future didn't look that bad. There were a lot of young players in there who sure had a tough season in 2021, but um, the, the potential was there to build a, a team that in the future would 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 be pretty strong moving forward. Um, We'll get to Finchley in a sec, but we traditionally start with the Prem. And I think we might, might as well start with Richmond, actually, Sal, because Richmond um, managed to take some points off Teddington, right? And so that means Teddington are no longer top. Yeah, um, they had to sort of 
dig in, as we like to say, on, on, on the pod quite regularly. So it wasn't, you know, the best day for them, but they did come away with a point, as you mentioned. So uh, Tennant will be frustrated by their sort of near neighbours. Tennington now are six points by North Mid. We'll come to in a minute or two, but it was a game which was dominated by Tennington. Um, Matt Naylor, who did a good run this year at the bats, um, scored another scored another ton, 115. Tennington posted two seven two for nine. Dan Escott also chipping at sixty nine. Um, Adam London, Adam London, I'm sure a guy that days played a lot of cricket. We took four wickets, um, and unfortunately, Richard never really in the hunt. Ended up on one six one for seven or fifty nine with a, a young talent. Um, that they've got Tanmay Tanmwalo scored 52 and out. I mean, I've heard lots of good things about him. I'm sure Dave wants to add a bit on, on him. He's I was going to ask Dave, do, do, do you know more about this guy than we do? But he seems like he's a bit of a prospect. Yeah, Tanmay has been really good. I mean, obviously, is it last year? Last year was when he um, scored his back-to-back hundreds. You know, um, he'd only just recently been in the side. He got an opportunity at Hampstead. Um, uh, I think it was a I think that was the controversial game. It was, and, and he was batting in the controversial was, incident. Was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he, he managed to he managed to stick through it, and you know, and get himself a hundred. And then I don't know. I think who's I don't know who the next week was. I don't know if it was Ealing um, the week after that. But with him scoring, you know, back to back hundreds, it was a big statement, and it definitely put him on the radar of many. Definitely was something that a lot of oppositions were, you know, were respecting. You know, in that sense, but he's he's been it's it's good to see that you know he's you know he's he's maturing, you know he's understanding you know where he's at. He's also been given the opportunity. I think that was something that you know he had to kind of play for um, last season, but it seems like he's you know earned that amongst the flux of players that have come into Richmond. So it's been good that you know he's managed to stay in there and get a good red income. Absolutely, and. Sal, were the Jersey connection back this week? I know they've been away a little bit. Were they back in, in the ranks? Yes, Sumarau and Jake Dunford were back in the side, but neither were sort of really contributors. So might be okay. a bit rusty. Might be going, I mean, next week we've got a huge game at Hornsey, so maybe they're getting ready for that one. But it's interesting yeah. because Dave went from Richmond to Finch and Sumarau went from Finch to Richmond, so you kind of crossed each other's paths, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Do you know much about him? I don't know if He's not... Um, He's, nah. not, he's not in a Jeffrey Boycott mould with the bat. That's what I will say about him. He's scored hundreds in 50 balls this season, summer hour. So um, clearly he hits it. But um, you, you've not played with him or against him? No, I don't, I don't, I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember him last year. If, if, we, if, if, he was, you know, if, if we came up against him, I don't, yeah, I don't actually remember <laughs> any of it. And obviously, I think the Finchie guys are, are talking about, you know, they never, they never knew that talent that he had. You know, he seems to have done it well for Richmond and, you know, Richmond have definitely, you know, got off to a good flyer to the season with it. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a good thing for the league. I think he's obviously one of the multiple of batsmen that have really pushed a standard in, 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 in the Premier League, which is most probably a, a good thing because I'd most probably would have been stretched if I continued on for another year. Well, I think, to, to be fair to Finchley, I mean, he wasn't opening the batting for Richmond. Chris Goldie said that one of the one of the openers was out one week and they didn't really have an option. So Sam and I said, well, I'll go in and hit it. And um, he did. Uh, he hit it a lot. And he was like 114 off 56 balls or something. That's something crazy, wasn't it? And yeah. you can't really drop somebody when they've done that. So I, th- I think he's he, he sort of accidentally found himself in that role. And, um, you know, for the most part, he's done well. But he's, he's been missing a bit because he's, uh, he's obviously been playing for Jersey in these... Um, in, in, in the international tournament. So, uh, as you say, he'll, he'll no doubt want to be back for next week. North Mid, though, Sal, they're, they're back on top um, and they'll be they'll be pretty happy that they are, right? 
Yes, the second sort of close game they were against Stanwood this season, coming up on top by 22 runs. Um, Dave Heaviside is new to the side, new to the side this year, scored 70, um, and that was a really, really key innings as they supposed to 199. Um, Stanwood as expected to rely on this winners quite a bit in that game. Nayan Doshi and Shakari are four wickets apiece. Um, Stanwood really couldn't get any partnerships going, um, and when you chase that, kind of tells you that it does help if you've got one player who gets a contribution of maybe 60-70 and they, you know, some kind of partnership develops in the game and it was Alex McQueen who's actually been making lots of runs this year at the top of the order who used the ball this week to show how um, talented and what ability he had to 6 for 60 um, proved to be the match winner so yeah Northwind have a, a 6 point lead which as the scene has gone on doesn't mean a huge amount because these two keep to be it's like a boxing match isn't it one wins one round and the other wins the other round they're back and forth aren't they these two tenants and Northwind slugging it out and hopefully, if the results carry on, you might get a last day sort of a shootout in, in terms of... Because they do meet on the last day, don't they? So that, they could, be, that could be the fixture for sure. Um, yeah, and I mean, Stanmore, we've said it before, the fourth in the table having come up last season. And they, they were a little bit under strength, right, for, for, the, for the last couple of weeks. So I'd have thought they're probably not, not too despondent at where things, are, where things are for them at the moment. No, I mean, they've got the Ryan Gold boys back, we've mentioned later on in, in the pod, and come to so many other business. But yeah... So they'll be back sort of like near full strength for the visit to um, the Green, I think. Is that what they had this weekend? Marvellous. That's just what I didn't want to hear. But yeah, yeah, that they are indeed playing Twickenham. Yeah. Actually, no, you're um, going to them. You're going to the Commons, right? Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's right. Um, cool. And, and elsewhere, there are a few, a few runs about. I see Craig Chen chipped in with a mere 3-4-3. Three, three. I mean, if you're just going to predict a game, there'll be a lot of runs scored on a baking hot yeah. day as we've had this weekend. The amount of driver we've had, this would definitely be one of the ones you talk put forward. And, That'd be 343. That's a I mean, lot of runs. Joel just, what superlatives can we say about this guy? Um, just keeps carrying on, doesn't he? 184, he was run out. Um, talking to Pratik earlier on from Crouch, and he did say that there was at least another five weeks over to go, potentially. So, you know, if they batted the 66, he could easily got 200 plus. Um, fortunately, as I said, he would have run out, but still, I'm sure he's pretty happy coming off with 184 in, in innings. As um, Crouchin scored three, I'm four, sure he's three pretty unhappy, unhappy at being run out, though. <laughs> when yeah, you're going like yeah. that, that is true, actually. Um, and talking talk about the Jersey connection within the league, Crouchin also got like some kind of links there. They played in um, preseason game, went over to Jersey, um, and they've got a guy called Acer Tribe, who's from all accounts a regular cricketer, um, made his debut and scored 66. So. On the batting front, they seem to be, you know, very, very strong. Bowling is probably not as strong as it was in previous years, and that sort of proved on Saturday, as Hampton just, just obviously, or maybe even ball one sort of decided it's going to be a bit too much for us to go to. So they just didn't say blocked out, but they just played out of the game and ended up in two five three for three. Fifties um, with Kieran Johnson and standing captain with Bashar Hassan, but um, Steve McGiffin's hundred means that this is a fact that Nick Brown told me that both him and Curtis have scored hundreds home and away in this fixture this season. It's quite a unique fact. Okay, that's good. It's impressive. Only eight wickets in the day. 120 overs, only eight wickets fell. I mean, that sounds a bit like a bowler's graveyard, Dave, right? That's definitely a bowler's graveyard. But, I mean, you know, Joel Curtis, I've obviously had the pleasure of bowling against him. Um, yeah, well, talk to us about him next day. What, what, what sort of player is he? I mean, I, I saw him play on the green and he, he, looked, <coughs> he looked orthodox in the, in the most positive of ways. He looks like he, his technique's pretty solid, right? He's not giving much away. He's a he's my kind of batsman. <laughs> you know, he's, he he play, he plays. I think his cricket's from Perth, so you know he's a he's you know he he lives he lives for the short ball. I definitely know that. I didn't I didn't attempt it, but I got as far as a length ball and kind of worked out how quick he latched onto it. Right. So, but he he plays with authority. 
Um, but I think the one good thing is he has a conservative dimension that's definitely needed at, you know, needed against good bowling, high level of cricket. You know, he's also done it for the Middlesex second eleven um, in our game against Surrey. I think he got 94 or 97. He missed out on his 100. Um, and also, I think last this uh, last week, he got himself a 50 as well against the South Asian Cricket Association for the second eleven. So, you know, he's, you know, but he plays, you know, he, he plays properly. You know, he dispatches yeah. bad balls. He can, you know, he can respect good balls. You know, you're always on a very small margin with him. Um, and I think that's most probably what I like, you know, about, you know, batters like him. He'll keep you awake. Yeah. You know, you, you've always got to come with your A game. You've got to come with a plan. Um, you just got to be prepared for damage if you don't get it right. Yeah. Any sort of weakness is the wrong word. I mean, a man scores hundreds for fun. But the, the, if there was anything you would say, right, OK, this is what you need to work on. Is there anything that you've seen that, that, with him that if you're a bowler, you'd advise him to do? Or just do the top of off thing? Just just do I the... think... Sorry, sorry to interrupt you. Um, I think with, with, with players like those, it's, it's going to be literally mental durability. Um, clearly, he's got a lot of it. Um, he can bat all day. You know, he can bat for a really long time. He, yeah. you, know, he, he, you know, he doesn't really budge from his plans. So I think it's just a case of elapsing concentration will be most probably the thing that gets him. So he'll most probably get himself out. Yeah. Um, very, you know, very rare. Yeah, and that'll just be down to his mental errors, maybe assuming, um, you know, judgment of balls. You know, that that will be that would be the sort of thing. You know, skill. Yeah. If you, if you if obviously if you come with good prep, then that's most probably going to put him in a position and. I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting to find out if, you know, from him as to there's been bowlers that have really, like, challenged him on end yeah. um, where he feels like, okay, you know, he may, may back off from that second dimension that, that seems to make him accelerate very quickly and he may just actually just play, you know, just play, you know, humble cricket until maybe a change of bowling or, you know, as, as we do come across, you know, many bowlers in the league, bowlers get fatigued and all of a sudden, you know, their consistency starts to wave a bit. Well, we're recording on Monday night, and I think tomorrow the Middlesex County League rep side is playing against the Middlesex eleven, right? And Joel's, I think Joel's opening the batting there. So if anybody, well, this will probably come out too late for people to go, but it's at Teddington, and, and I'll be quite interested to see how he gets on there. Uh, I think that sounds like a really interesting day's cricket, uh, if, if you're a Middlesex cricket aficionado. But I guess, you know, he's got all the tools to do pretty well, hasn't he? So um, we'll, we'll obviously report back on that when we see how they get on. Right, sir. Yeah. Um, Elsewhere, Sal, what, what else do we need to know about the Prem? Um, I, I think Shepherds Bush will be pretty happy with their day against Hornsey, right? Yeah, as expected, they came out victors um, and convincing win itself was a 128-run win over Hornsey. Just on what you mentioned about the, the league side playing the Middlesex mm. 2s, there's actually a game on, on Thursday as well, which is at Hornsey. Um, so if this pod's out beforehand and you fancy a day at Hornsey, watch some cricket, pop along until you'll see some of the guys who play on Saturday circuit, you know. So that's the rep side playing Middlesex twos, and they yes, play so Middlesex. Yeah, two games. Yeah, so yeah one tomorrow, okay. as you mentioned, yeah. one um, Thursday. Yeah, so back on you're back to Hornsey, but unfortunately, um, they're they're sort of, I wouldn't say, let's be kind if we can. Um, sort of like you know, disappointing season carries on in terms of still about yeah. a win. Um, Joe Carrasco, a guy from your country, yeah, from boy, yeah. yeah, 103, um, and French Anu, who a new sign this year and has had a really good good sort of debut. In the league for the Bush, scored 69, 2 9, 1 for 6. Um, and as yeah, we know, Bush have got a very good, varied attack. Um, 1 6 3 all out, Hornsey were. So, yeah, another comfortable win. Do you want to ask David on um, the Bush attack? Have you come across Ramon Bailey in your sort of times in the last couple of years? 
No, who's he play for? He's a bush. He's a, he's a bush left arm team. A young bowler. Lots lots of good. Oh yeah, right, right. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I did actually come across him. Um, yeah, he's he's been he well for him, and I remember he had a bit of a stress fracture on his back, or it was a minor a minor injury, maybe not as extreme as that, um, that ruled him out. But you know, he's obviously been coming through. Uh, they've actually got a good bowling attack because obviously they've got him. They got um, Chinmay Malapudi. Mm-hmm. You know, there's also you know steaming in for him. So now nah, they they look they look pretty pretty confident now right now. We've obviously their young seam attack and. You know, I don't, I don't know much about the batters, whether, whether any of them, every, any of the guys have left. But you know, I always knew that I, I found it very difficult getting a lot of wickets there um, against their batters. Yeah, they're a decent unit, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. We, we've talked about this before. I think they're a bit under the radar still. I don't think people really put them in the same bracket as, as North Mid and um, and Teddington, but they're certainly a side that's made progress over the last four or five years. And that bowling, I mean, again, I saw it on the green, and they they, they looked handful as a unit. And um, you know, Ali Easton, as, as Sal's often said, you know, he's, he's done pretty well with the bat and with the ball. And and it wouldn't surprise me. I think this year's probably a little bit too far for them, but if they keep on going next year, they're going to be real contenders to win the league. Definitely. I mean, it's just been a bit unfortunate, I suppose, in that they've got two sides above them who just consistently sort of seem to keep picking up wins, you know. Um, yeah. But, yeah, um, and talking about the green, a good day for your guys, Dan. Uh, what you might say, yeah. win over Ealing, 183 runs. Yeah, I mean, any any win over Ealing that's 183 runs is, is, a, is a good day. Um, <laughs> it, it was a bit of an odd day, Sal, I'll be honest with you. The, um, the, the pitch has been reported. Um, the, the umpires are not happy with the playing surface. And being brutally honest, I can understand why. Um, I think one one member of the Ealing side, I won't name him, said that he thought 150 would have been a pretty decent score. And we got 269. Um, and, and, I mean, we rode our luck a bit, I'll be honest. But um, but it was one of those days where, where catches went down and, and, and decisions went our way. And uh, 269 runs later, we did feel we were in a, in a pretty good position. And, and the wicket definitely deteriorated. And, we're, we're, you know, we, we're, we're, we're chatting about that internally at Twickenham. But I think it was just... It, 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 it just got worse through the day, and, and it's been very hard to get water on it, but it's been hard to get water on every wicket, right? It's, it's, not, it's not exclusive to TW2. Um, so, so, yeah, it, it was hard for Ealing to bat, and Christian Martin got a bit of a fearful sort of hit on the head. It, it went right, right through the, 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 the grill and, and between the lid, and that looked pretty nasty. So, um, so yeah, they definitely had the worst of the conditions, but, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the 12 points are, are welcome, shall we say. Don Manuel just scored an impressive 100, uh, particularly given the challenging nature of the, uh, of the track, and, and we, we were quite pleased with, you know, with, with the way that our bowlers came to the party. They were 26 for seven at one stage with Ben Ellis, Ben Ellis, two of his first three balls went for four. I think one was a full toss, one was half volley, and that, so that's naught for eight. And then he was six for nine. Um, so things changed pretty positively for him. And was it six for how, six for how, long, how much? He was six for nine. He was naught for he was naught for eight after three balls, and then uh, by the end of the third or fourth over, he was six for nine. Yeah. Yeah, so um, pr- pretty oh. impressive. I, I was just going to say, if, if I, I take my hat off to people who, who you know, who, who play minor counties cricket as well, because Ben Owens was bowling for Cornwall, and so he, he had a long day on the green, 120 overs worth of cricket, and he bowled quite a bit, obviously. Um, although I guess it does get easier to bowl, Dave, when you're taking wickets, right? I guess it's probably easier when you're six for nine rather than when you're naught for hundred. But so he bowled quite. Then he then he goes all the way down to Cornwall, and he's now playing in a three day game against, against Shropshire, ironically. And I'm thinking, if you're a bowler. That's tough. That's tough. So he, he took him four and a half hours to get to Cornwall. He's, he's bowling at 11am the next morning in a minor counties game. 
he bowled him all right as well. He got he got both openers out. But I just thought fair play. You know, you got you got to put put a fair bit of work in to be able to keep doing that through a cricket season. Um, I mean, I guess you must have had times where you just kept bowling, right? Games kept coming. You keep having to do it. Yeah, I think I was I was almost probably um, the opposite of the <laughs> the way the way the way the technology is now behind bowling. I think um, you know clocking up sixty overs a week was just a normal thing. Wow. Um, most probably the, the bowlers wouldn't most probably do that now. So yeah, you know we'd play a three day game, or normally it was like a three day and then a one day game. Yeah, you know up to Friday you come back, you play your club cricket on Saturday. If there's a game on Sunday, you play that and you just keep going. You know, you get yeah. Sunday night, you, you travel and that's your rest until you know Monday and you, you get going again. But I was, you know, I was most probably a bit of a nutcase in that sense because I suppose I just love bowling. That yeah. was you know the 22 yard trip was my gym. And I think that's really interesting. But perhaps it's just because I'm like, you know, nearly 50, old, decrepit and struggle to get out of bed. But when you're 25, it's a different world, isn't it? You know, th- things are a bit more straightforward just because your body lets you do it. Yeah. You know, you don't have those niggles and so forth. I think obviously the training and the, like, the science behind, you know, what these players, you know, or what you can even be access, you know, you, you have access to, whether it's online and so forth. That's, I think that makes a massive, you know, benefit because you've got the knowledge you know, how to look after your body, you know, if you don't have the strength and conditioning coach. And if you're not, you know, with gym, I suppose lockdown, everyone was being creative on how to stay in shape. So that's definitely put, you know, people in the right direction um, in one aspect. Yeah. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, just ranging off the Prem then, Dave, I'll come to you on this one. So Richmond currently in ninth. Uh, they're 14 points behind Twickenham. But Twickenham have played Hornsey twice. Uh, and Richmond play Hornsey at the weekend, so that that is this is obviously you know a really big game for Richmond. Um, where's your instinct as to where this might go? And obviously you're playing Saturdays, you're not going to see much of this at all. But R- Richmond, have, uh, they're a decent unit that are underperforming. So if, if you had to sort of go either way, do you think they're going to pull this one out of the bag? Do you think Richmond will have got enough to stay up? I think they've um, I think they've had a, a few wavy results to to understand that you know they they need a win so. I think if any team has Hornsey on their fixture list, they're most probably going to target that team because yeah. of the run of results. Um, but it's also a fixture you don't take lightly because Hornsey, you know, I think there was one game where they did score quite heavily. Um, I think it ended up, it ended up as maybe a draw. Yeah, they got um, 300 plus, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think so. So you know, it's it's you know, for me, it's, you never take any team for granted. I think as a team that you most probably look at them because they're the bottom, you most probably think, okay, that's a guaranteed win. Um, but I think Hornsey are most probably going to be hungry to, you know, at least record their first win. If they haven't got one by now. Um, and I think Richmond are definitely going to want to put an end to their run and kind of, you know, reduce their worries by, you know, winning there. So it's a very, it's a very hard one to work out, you know, where to go. I mean, I know Richmond are most probably a team that are capable of not putting themselves in that position for too long. So I've got a very strong feeling they'll get them, get, get themselves out of it. But, you know, Hornsey, you know, they seem to, have found some sort of um, balance to be able to do something and yep. become competitive. And I think whatever formula they've got, they've just got to keep, you know, strutting their stuff every week and just kind of see which results work their way and also which opposition, you know, ends up, you know, falling asleep on them. And I think, you know, in win-lose cricket, you know, we've got to play Richmond left. So if, if Richmond were to beat Hornsey, they're within the game. You've got a win-lose game in week 16, maybe. 
it's already looking like it's going to be a fruity one, isn't it? You go for that one if you're Richmond. You know, you think we yeah. play the catch-up game. Hopefully, we, we get either some points off Hornsey uh, or, or, or somewhere else, and then that that win-lose game is going to be a, a really big one. So, I mean, I, I I just think that 14 points is a bit of a false thing at the moment. I think in the end, it's going to be pretty close, and it wouldn't surprise me if it goes right the way down to the final game of the season in terms of uh, which side goes down. And it, it, I don't think two or three of the sides above Twickenham are necessarily. Safe, yeah. I don't know what you make of that, Sal. Is that, is that me being a bit hopeful more than anything? Hampstead are only seven points above Twickenham. Ealing are only 11 points ahead of us as well. I mean, are they, are they still in this summer? I mean, when it comes to the final stage season where it's win news cricket, then if they're still in that kind of you know, vicinity of, let's just say, 10 to 15 points, then they're not safe, are they? Because, you know, they've been playing games where they yeah. win or lose. Um, so that could get interesting as the season, as you said, comes to its climax. Absolutely. And we will follow it every step of the way. Moving into Division 1, now Dave, this is clearly your forte for this season. Um, Harry St Mary's, top of the pile, and they have been there or thereabouts most of the season. Pretty straightforward win um, against Wembley, Sal. Did you did you get the details on that one? Looks yeah, like it, a nine-wicket um, win, Yeah, it? I mean, Wembley's batting was continuing. Harry St Mary's uh, spinners continue to take wickets. That was the case on Saturday. Wembley bowled at 111. It was a pairing of Kazmi and Patel. Um, Kawa Kazmi 5 for 28, Rovi Patel 4 for 27, and then they chased it down for loss of one wicket. Kazmi proved he can also bat, scoring 16 not out. So, yeah, they are now, well, they carry on at the top of the table. Yep. And they're, what are they then? They're nine points clear of, of Finchley. They've got nine point leaders on there. Over Dave's side, yeah. So, Dave, what's the situation here then with you guys? What, what, what are you looking at here? You're, you're thinking we, we, we've sort of started um we started to look look pretty strong we're second place in the table just ahead of bronzebury um is this sort of the start of a promotion charge i mean this week you i suppose did you win by three wickets against barnes that, that looks perhaps like a tougher game than some might have expected but you're in a decent place to mount, mount a serious promotion charge aren't you yeah i mean we're, we're we're in a very we're in a very good place i don't think yeah. i don't think we find ourselves in that fortunate place i mean playing against barnes Barnes bowled really well. They bowled spin. They bowled spin a lot better than we did on that on that day. Um, but we just happened to find a partnership um, that that just seemed to hold them off. And I think we got the win maybe with about two overs left, right. three overs left. Uh, so I think with, 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 the, with the way where we're going about things, you know, we we most probably changed a little bit um, in terms of just having a process rather than just looking at the standard outcome of we want to win, we want to go up. I think that's yeah, most probably something that that does catch a lot of teams short when they, you know, you do well in Division One, you go up to Premier Division, and you know that that same formula doesn't really, you know, receive the same results. So I think you know with, with a lot of the guys at um, Finchley especially a lot of younger players, is kind of just preparing themselves for what's to come next. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, you know, it's, it's really a case of making certain that we cash in. I think yeah. we've obviously played a lot of the strong teams. We've got to play Harris St. Mary's at their place. I think you play um, Acton this Saturday as well, don't you? That'd be an interesting one. Yes, at home. So, yeah, that, that, that will be interesting. I mean, they, they, were, they were a surprise, you know, defeat that we suffered against them. So it'll be, you know, we obviously got them on our track. Um, it'll be a case of just seeing how they rock up. The captain, you know, played. He played. He played a respectable hundred um, against us. You know, so got, he'll, you know he'll that, yeah, yeah. So I think that that you know, I think obviously we still got to keep our wits about us because I think when we played against Acton, you know, I didn't know. I've never played at Acton, but 
I think the guys walked in thinking this would be a win game, and we ended up losing after posting quite a decent score. So I think again, it's you know it's a bit like um, you know a, a team against Hawsey situation, not that actually like that kind of team, but you know you don't want to be caught napping. You know, yeah. against any opposition, you just kind of be ready and just always be highly competitive yeah. and just drag a game as long as it can go. Yeah. I mean, the thing I liked about your, your win on Saturday, obviously I've not seen any of it, but just the scorecard says, like, Barnes, 172 out, short, 42 overs. But you don't have to get them in 42 overs. You can take a quite a bit longer than that in time cricket, and you did, 56.2 overs to, to knock them off. And I like that. It sounds like people are taking the strain a bit of sensible cricket, maybe. You don't have to win every game in 20 overs. And that that's sort of, even though it's a youngish team, Finchley, sounds like there's a bit of cricket in maturity there. Yeah, definitely. It's funny enough, as you said that, we actually had 57 overs to get that score. So you were right on the money. So it, it literally happened in the last over. Um, so, yeah, so, that you know, the, the, guys, the guys are understanding. I mean, they're most probably not players that are going to wipe a game from you in a short space of time. You know, they're not that kind of, they're not, that, they're not those kind of players as yet. Yep. But yeah, they they just you know they just kind of showed a high level of resilience against you know good a good barn spin attack. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, and in the end, it's ten points. No matter whether you win with four balls to spare or forty overs to spare, it's ten points. Yeah. And, and that's that's yeah. ultimately what what we played a game for to try and win win points like that. Um, Bronsby, of course, slipped up this week, but they slipped up in what looks like a real humdinger, Sal. And um, we had a, a scores level draw, didn't we, with uh, Bronsby and Enfield? Yeah, I think the equation was for did 11 off the last over um, and two off the last. So actually, I think they got six off the first two balls, so we need five or four. Um, and then there was a run out, which um, left. Actually, there was, there was a dismissal. Beagles, Angus Beagles dismissed. And then, yes, yeah, so they need two off the last ball and then you got a single. So um, they'll be disappointed with that because, I mean, looking at, looking at the scorecard, when you only got some more details, you can add a minute down. But they seemed, you know, anything from 2 2 7, sorry, 2 2 for 7, which was. For them, the score they'd be delighted to get. Adam Baxter, who's a, I think they're two's captain, real interesting, but real bit of a character. I met him a few times as a, like, sort of, you know, tell if we saw it at the bar, 52, and Connor Brown, 58. Um, but James Overy and Nathan Fernandez looked in a great position as I think Bronze 184 for two, and Overy scored 78, and Fernandez for 83. But then from there, Sam Martin, left arm spin, sort of took control of the game, taking five wickets, and in the end, we said it was. Um, Run itself for the four points, but I'm sure we'll be disappointed. Yeah, I, I, I spoke briefly with James Overy earlier t today, and um, we exchanged sort of messages on this. And yeah, they, they had 70 balls to get 59, and they had eight wickets left, and that was just when um, when James Overy was out. So um, you'd sort of back yourself, particularly for a team that are used to winning, um, to, to, to get that. So I think they'll be pretty disappointed with the four. Uh, the four points plus, of course, they. I think they got a winning draw last week, um, and they, they they had the Oppo nine wickets down as well. So they're they're getting pretty close. But if you add those together, well, that's potentially, you know, that's that's the best part. Twelve, fifteen points that they've given away there, and then you stick that onto their total, and they're topped by some considerable difference. But we can all we can all tell stories about what could have been. Um, but it yeah. does seem like. You know, Bronsby need to need to get over the line a bit more because if they don't, then that, that's going to that's going to really hurt as the season goes on. I don't know what fixtures. I mean, obviously we've played Bronsby now, so we don't have any more fixtures against them. I don't know if they have played um, Harris at Mary's twice yet, um, or if they're their second time. I don't know, um, but I think obviously they've got us out of the way. So I think I think they're they're most probably on course to to really bounce back. Uh, yeah. From now, I'm very sure that Saturday would have given them a bit of a reality check. So yeah. they'll definitely find ways of, you know, 
really bouncing back and just kind of going back to the dominant ways that they were. They started the, the league in. Well, I think they play Aaron St. Mary's in week 17. Okay. So that could be interesting. Um, and they play Acton in week 15 and North London in week 14. So they got, they got, and, and Barnes this week, you know, aside also, they're not, uh, not, not the easiest to, to get by. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's some interesting fixtures coming out. And they, they finish with Winchmore Hill, another team that I can't really make that much sense of. I think, I, th- I think they've got quite a strong side on paper, but they, they, they have had their good and bad moments this year. So still a third of the season left, Dave, you know, could all happen. Could all happen. Um, elsewhere in the division, Sal, um, your boys were Austerley, and Austerley have had a really bad week, more off the field than on the field. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if people saw in the press or there was some sort of circ- picture circulating on social media through various sort of local newspapers. There was a fire within the club, um, and from what it sounds, I mean, I didn't speak to too much. Um, many of the guys from Saturday, but I've got some messages came through. Um, from what it sounds of it, the clubhouse is not in a good state. It's um, completely gutted. There must have been quite a big sort of big fire they had there. There was still smells of smoke on the day as well in the air when the boys turned up on Saturday. But on, on the flip side of that, Ostley couldn't have been more hospitable than anyone out there. From what you know, they, they, there was a tea, they were able to get changed. Um, they, they bought in teas because obviously they were still to cook. Um, they had loads of bottled water ready for the players as well. Um, everything was really safe and boarded up. Um, and they put in a lot of work to get that game on. So, you know, credit to everyone at Ostley for. So our, our thoughts are with the guys there in terms of what's happened within the clubhouse. But yeah, um, you know. It, and we hear it's a straight. It was a straight fridge that caused it. It wasn't so much the, the scorching heat of the week. It was just a, yeah, an, an electrical incident within the club, right? Yeah, yeah. from what goes some appliances within the clubhouse. But um, you know, I said the efforts they made on Saturday was was first class. So um, you know, well done to the guys at Osterley for for doing what they did for, for, for the boys in North London who are really appreciative of everything they did. So yeah, hopefully you know they'll can look forward from now and, you know, they can get sort of um, positive into the season in terms of cricket in on the pitch and off the pitch as well. Yeah, absolutely. And um, the game itself was, um, uh, it was it was a pretty interesting game as well, I suppose. I mean, it looks like you got there in the end relatively easily, but um, Osterley put a few runs on the board and you, you ultimately knocked them off, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, we keep saying on there, I'm sure David testify as well, it's not an easy place to play against, a go-to or even or either side to play against, you know, um, one six seven all out. Tom Pegler took four wickets for North London, and then um, there was we couldn't really sort of get. We had a couple of guys get thirties, but no one actually really could build on from that. So Oscar was in the hunt, taking wickets, but then um, Auburn Hallgate, who um, hit a six off of, off the last ball for us to win at our place against Oscar in the season, came back to haunt him um, with with Ed Lodier, who's um, he does like Osterley that boy, doesn't he? I picked that up before. Yeah, yeah Auburn's a bit of a fan of Osterley, so yeah, those two put on a crucial little partnership for the second wicket, and we uh, yeah, so we have. a four-wicket win and we're still in fourth place. Good stuff. And that puts you now in fourth. So yep. you're 10 points behind uh, behind Finchley. So um, sort of in the promotion mix as well, um, wow. moving forward, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, you have to just keep playing cricket, don't you? Like Dave said, you just got to keep going. And Come, on, Sal. Come on, Sal. Come on, Sal. Don't go all Ron Manager on me. And we, you know, we have Enfield this week, um, but there'll be boys I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, we've, I think we're playing them three times in five days. It's their cricket week this week, so we're sending the team over there on Thursday. Then it's our cricket week next week. We're playing their side coming over to us on Monday, um, and we're playing them on Saturday. So we'll be sort of fed up by by next Tuesday with each other. But yeah, um, we get we get on well <laughs> as, as two clubs. Good relationships with both clubs. Um, so yeah, they, they, but we obviously no friends on Saturday on the pitch when we play them at, at North London. Yeah. 
Yeah. And last game of the day in, in that division was um, uh, another draw. Acton, again, Acton, I think Acton are a strong side who've underperformed a bit, actually. I mean, 253 for nine declared in 48. And Winchmore Hill hanging on for grim death at the end, 129 for nine. Um, a missed opportunity maybe for Acton. I don't know if you know how long they had at the last man. Sal, I don't. Did, did yeah, you pick so up any almost, details on yeah, that one? So, so Sasha, the captain, went off injured. He came out to bat... Um, and then walked off after four wars. He had an issue with his back. Um, then came back on and battered out the last four overs for, for them to survive. Um, so he was saying he's kind of trying to think of new fielding positions he can he can put in place because he's never used so he's never used so many in his last few weeks. Um, and they have been a bit unfortunate. I mean, they picked up thirty seven points in the last five games. They haven't lost since week six. Um, you know, the declarations have been getting sort of even more bolder and bolder. Um, you know those, those wins they could turn into could easily another twenty points or so. Could they, you know see them in a higher position in the table? So you know if there's a side that probably feels they could be a bit higher than they are, it's definitely Acton just on the basis of um, you know how they've been playing positive cricket. Just can't sort of get themselves out of the line in the last sort of few weeks. But um, as you, as you spoke about a few minutes ago, I do have to play Finchley, um, Brian and Harrison Murray in the last sort of few games. So it's kind of you know still there to play for, for them. And I'm sure Dave will look forward yeah. to him on Saturday. Yeah, all good. I was going to ask you, Dave, about Wembley. I don't know if you, you, you played in the game against Wembley earlier this season, but Wembley had a period where they they came on quite strong. And we, we spoke to um, to Shops, um, Juma, uh, on, on the on the podcast, and he was like, you know, we're, we're pretty confident moving forward for the rest of the season. And since he came on the podcast, things have fallen apart. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how many games they've lost on the bounce, but they're, they're struggling a bit now. Um, what, what was your take on them? Are, are they are they big-time relegation candidates now, or, or have they got enough to pick up and, and go back in the mid-table? They, should, they shouldn't be. I mean, I had a good contest against them. We, we did win against them, yep. um, but I had a really good contest. Uh, I think they're captain Akil Greenwich. You know, um, he's a player, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah, he seems he's a very competent batter. He seems like he has quite a bit of support. I think, um, I think their cricket at the time we played against them most probably suited a limited, um, a limited, a limited, a limited over format rather yeah. than the time format. So I think that's something that you know a few of the guys might have recognised um, and have most probably tried to adapt. You know, with that. So I don't know whether that's maybe you know one of the issues. You know that they're struggling to get to get to grips with that. You know, instead of the forty-five overs, they've got ten overs more, and you know you haven't. You know, you've got a base. It's, it's manual cricket. You know, whatever you want to make out of it, you've got to make out of it. And you yeah. know, they maybe find it very difficult to to basically bat in a conservative manner and actually take the game. You know, to its full account if they are batting first. Um, so yeah, I don't, don't, I don't really see to. Uh, you know, I'm a bit baffled by it because obviously when I when we did have them on, when we did come up against them. You know, they were. You know, they were definitely a team I had to be be careful of, yep. um, and it, you know I think any any team will still be, will still be that you know will still be that because uh, this is club cricket you know which has many mysteries uh, within <laughs> within within every opposition Absolutely. you play against. Yeah, that is very true. I mean, I think their season is getting real very quickly because um, this week they play Osterley. So that's ninth v eighth, and Osterley are nine points ahead of them. And then the week after they play Enfield, who are bottom. Um, so currently 12 points behind them. But I think they'll, well, they won't want to be losing one of those games. And I think they'd ideally, uh, you know, really fancy 20 or 22 points there because they're, they're going to need it. They're going to need something to get them back in, uh, back in the groove, really. So uh, two games in the next two weeks to follow with some interest. Sal, if we go into Division 2 and have, have a quick sweep around uh, things there, 
um, the, the narrative is the same as it always was, right? Harrowtown continue marching on regardless. We speak about Wembley struggling to to pick up points and win games. Munster never have that issue. It's Harrowtown, isn't it? You know, they're just like a complete like you know demolition of everyone around them. So this time Harrow the victims, yeah. ten wicket win. Harrow one four four out um, side Bulat in our sala score sixty five. But Harrowtown, they don't waste time. They win again after these sort of low totals and. Ranakon 83 not out and Rifat Hamid 63 not out and they now have a very convenient... They blast it as well, don't they? Yeah, if, they do. if they got 150 to chase, they'll get it in 15, 20 yeah. overs. Yeah. They're always in a hurry to get somewhere, yeah. which is, you know, um, probably the type of house I imagine. But yeah, so absolutely 28-point lead over Southgate. Yeah, and it's something like um, 40, 40 something, 42 points over East Coast. I haven't got it right in front of me now, but it's, it's an awful lot of points. We're talking automatic promotion incoming, statistically, in, in the very near, wow. near future. Yeah, impressive. And there's something like 30 games now on the trot, positive results, you know, which is unbelievable. It's going to be two promotions on the bounce in every respect to what they're doing. Um, Southgate looking pretty good in, in second. Um, uh, although East Coast uh, uh, sort of chasing them down as well, aren't they? Because they, they beat Indian Gym. And you, you saw quite a lot of that one, I guess, Sal, didn't you? I did, yes. So I was umpiring that game. Um, yeah, it was, it was, I mean, first of all, credit Jim Jim, Jim Carner. They really sort of battled all the way. Um, East Coast have got a very good overseas player this year called Trent Keep. Um, fierce, competitive Australian as they come. Um, sort of borderline too competitive sometimes, I could say, on Saturday. But yeah, he sort of, you know, good back to watch. Um, scored 100 along with Mark Harvey, also scored 100, 276 for five. I mean, did you, Colonel, we're in the hunt. Um, they've got a, a guy called Mohabulo Araikal, who's sort of played, I think, at, maybe at Harrowtown. I know he's played some cricket at Ealing. Um, very good cricketer. He could easily play level up, as, as could Trent Keepy, um, overseas at East Coast. He was a 95 and was given that by myself. Um, just on that, it was, uh, he wasn't very happy about the decision, which is understandable. Sometimes these things happen, but. You know, he took it sort of gracefully without having a chat afterwards. Um, and he was, sort of, you know, very sort of, you know, just just a nice guy. So, you know, appreciate the kind of, you know, sort of feedback he gave me as well. So that's good in terms of that respect, obviously not for him. Um, and then that, that sort of wicket um, sort of signaled a bit of a collapse. Um, Matt Savage, who's been around East Coast for a while, seeing Boulder, took one of the best catches you'll see all season. Um, sprung like a salmon, as they say, one-handed catch in the boundary. And then it was left to Avianan to take the last wicket in the penultimate over. He took 778. So, yeah, East Coast um, winners. As I said, Jim Carney, Jim Carner. Um, I've not sort of seen much of him in the last sort of few years. Um, but I have to say, Rayan Hussein, quite a young captain, led the side really, really well. Good bunch of guys, positive cricket. Um, yeah, sometimes Jim Carner don't get the sort of the plaudits maybe they deserve for what they do. But the club sort of ch- changed in the last few years. Well, it's a bit more diverse now. Whereas it was probably like a mainly Indian side, you've got more, much more nationalities playing within the ranks in that club. And um, as I said, you know, nice guys off the pitch as well. So um, we're hoping to get um, Ryan as well on the pod in the next few, few weeks so he can sort of, um, you know, tell us more about what's going on at Jim Khan. But yeah, as I said, um, good win for East Coast. Yeah, I mean, in East Coast are, are, are trying desperately to to keep keep in touch with Southgate. It's only 14 points. Um, and I forgot to mention Southgate. They play Harrowtown this week. So, on the one hand, if anybody can stop Harrowtown, you'd think it'd be Southgate because they're second. But the track record is that Harrowtown just steamroller everybody. So, of course, if, if Southgate lose, then that gives the East Coast and indeed Highgate, who are not a million miles away from that either. They're just three points behind East Coast, a chance to catch up. And I see that Highgate 
This has got to be contender for shortest game of the season, Sal, particularly in first 11 cricket. The old game lasted 22 overs, right, against Middlesex Titans? Yeah, quick finish with the Highgate boys. So, Titans all at 450. Tom Newell, left arm seam, they've got quite a young lad. I think under 19, I'm fine a couple of times this year. Used very useful bowler. Took six wickets and then chased them down and eight over. So, you're back to the cot, I would say, pretty early. Yeah, I do feel a bit for Titans. The whole club is really struggling. And, and as we've said in previous weeks, if you look around, they're, they're two, threes, fours. Generally, generally are having pretty tough seasons. So, um, you know, I, I, I hope that something changes for the better for Titans because it's not, it's not great when you're 50 all out and 54 for two and everything's done by, what, two o'clock? Yeah. Um, you know, so, so, yeah, fingers crossed they, things do pick up for those boys. Because the, they, positive uh, though, Dan, on that, no, no, no if they're putting four sides out there, that's something good, isn't it? They've got players who want to play cricket week in, week out. So it may just need a couple of years of where they sort of find their feet and are comfortable at a level where they're happy playing their cricket and sort of, you know, holding their own. So hopefully that will happen for them. Because I think there's a lot of good people there as well who are trying. Yeah, I mean, and I think the fours again. have only called off one game all season. So yeah. And that was the very first game of the season. So, um, you know, they, they are getting the size of that is something. And if you look around the results, the various... Uh, divisions in the various tiers. There are quite a few games that are conceded, and, and yeah, you're right. Titans have have not been particularly, um, you know, in in that in that category. If we move into Division Three, very quick summary because um, it, it, the story is is a consistent one in Division Three. We've got Wickham House, who are now four points clear of Kenton. Uh, they beat uh, Alexandra Park pretty convincingly. We're talking two nine eight for seven against one eight five. Um, Harmed uh, Armadzi scored ninety one. And um, it's that thing about number eight, Dave. We know number eight seemed to score a lot of runs this year, and the number eight for Wickham House, um, Kizza Khan, sixty-one not out off thirty-eight balls, just to, to, to push him up to two nine eight. And there's something about number eight going in and boshing it this season. I'd love to know statistically whether that's that that's actually true, or it's just it's one of the things that we've picked up as an anomaly um, for AP. Well, 184.85 on eight, but Charm Gomez, hundred nine not out, carrying his bat. So. Pretty clearly, he's in decent nick, one of their Portuguese connection, um, but not, not too many other people um, stuck around uh, um, too, much, too much longer. So that's, that, that's, that's a bit of a worry for AP. Kenton in second place, they're, they're now 20 points ahead of them. They uh, demolished Tower Hamlets, really. 239 for nine against, uh, against 73. Um, Akshay uh, Pawala, 97 for Kenton. And there were um, there were six ducks in the Tower Hamlets innings, which is never never pretty, never pretty to look at. Dylan Asani helped himself to seven for thirty four, including a hat trick, um, which is uh, always something to be uh, to be praised. Well done him. Um, London Tigers, Sal, we, we they'll be pretty relieved, won't they, at the, at the weekend's results? Yeah, I mean that that win sort of takes them out of the relegation zone by nine points. Um, when they beat Chiswick and yeah, they beat Chiswick, didn't they? Yeah, who were a side of a few places above them. Yeah. Yeah, um, and yeah, and and Actonia's beat so State Newington has also helped him out. So, um, Chande Pandey took six for fourteen for Actonians as they cruised home um, against State Newington. Um, and Sammy Hyder watched this week, Dan. Yeah, I mean State Newington will have will, will be I think a little bit concerned about their their status because they are 
that they're, they're, they're struggling a bit there. And London Tigers, of course, now out at the bottom two. They'll be pretty happy with that. Um, the Sammy Hyder watch. Sammy Hyder, of course, leading wicket taker in lead history. Um, that number hasn't changed. Number 32 this week. Um, so he still has uh, managed to take eight wickets this season and scored nine runs. So we're keeping an eye on that, uh, um, whether he actually manages to score more runs than take wickets. The, the sort of legendary figure in the, in the lower divisions of first 11 cricket with more wickets than anybody else in modern Middlesex League history. But not on Saturday. He was not for 32 as the Tigers won. And he obviously didn't bat because only six of them did. And he always bats at 11. So um, Sammy Hyder, a relatively quiet weekend. Um, Division four, um, what, what, was, um, what caught your eye there, Sal? Anything to note? So Division four is um, quite an interesting one, isn't it? Because K plus now are nine points clear while the Irving's at the top. Um, they had a good win. They beat West Harrow quite, what, 120 run win. West Harrow, um, one to three seven all out. K plus scored two five seven. So yeah, they'll be happy with that victory because Old Lies lost to Lanka Lions. So that gives K plus a bit more yeah. premium space at the top, doesn't it? And yeah, and Lanka Lions was a funny old one really. Because Old Eyes were fifty five for five, I noted, and so it's not a bad recovery. 260 all out, particularly against the side that are that seem like they're on the up, Lanka Lions, uh, and then they were seventy five for four. So Isleworthians are in the game. Uh, but then uh, um, Chanmath Thudoveta, I think uh, I probably pronounced that wrong, but that's the best I can do. Um, 53 not out of 30 coming in at six. So that, that, that soon sorted that out then. No, no such talk of sliding to defeat. Uh, Chanmath kept, went in and, and gave it a bit of a whack. So Lanka Lions got home. Um, at the bottom, Pinner Challenge is going to be pretty happy, Sal. They're 16 points ahead of relegation now in eight. And the reason I mention it is, is not just that, but they chased um, 302 for nine, which in any book is a decent chase, right? Uh, Kensington and Chelsea scored three, 302 for nine and they were 303 for seven um, in reply. One of the Kensington and Chelsea batters, Matt Fox, got 141. Um, not the uh, and not the biggest score in the game because um, uh, uh, Venkat Sivu Subaraman scored 146 for Pinner off 122 balls. So plenty of runs about. The number eight obviously scored runs for mm-hmm. Kensington Chelsea. Shrey Gova, 50 not out off 32 balls. There is something about that batting position. position. It seems to produce more runs than people realise. But good chase. Fair play to them. 600 runs in the day. And um, they knocked it off. In terms of Division 5, um, Willow Leather and Tommy Bapper both won. They were first and second going into this, so, so all uh, as it was there. Willow Leather beat Priory Park. They chased 185, got it for five. Swami Bapper, uh, they really came to the party in terms of runs. They, they scored 249 for five, and then uh, Bold at United Sports for 84. So all nice and straightforward. We have what I think is the first 99 of the season as well. Nilesh Karai scored 99 for Swami Bapper. Dave, have you ever been out on 99? I actually have. Um, have you? Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, it was a county second 11 game for North Answer Games. I think it might have been Derby. Second new ball got taken. I was on 99 and, yeah, scratch one to keep her. I was, I've never got anywhere near being out on 99, but that, that, that sounds like not a great place to be, right? No, it would have been my first second 11 100 if I got the 100, but, yeah. Missed out, so don't have a second level 100, unfortunately. I'm sorry I brought this up, mate. I didn't realise that. I'm, I'm clearly <laughs> going to be trudging back horrible memories. But, but, I mean, fair play. 99 in the second level game. That says that it was still a decent uh, a decent knock. Um, 
all good. So four of the sides in the bottom half of Division 5 lost. So it's pretty much as as we were because the top half were all playing the bottom half. The only side that got um, got anything was the bottom side, um, Ealing Three Bridges. They got a losing draw, um, which in the great scheme of things is not a bad effort, um, but they're still 18 points from safety. Um, Division 6, uh, London Super Kings now 11 points clear, but they didn't have to play. They, they won as Bahani conceded. Um, United Sporting Club are second, um, and they're, they're on 92 points, and that was despite losing to South Harrow, 2-2-1 v 2-2-2-4-5. Youth Wing still third, but they, they were top not so long ago, and they're clearly slipping. They've had a bad few weeks, uh, and they were beaten pretty convincingly by Regent's Park, 100 v 101 for 3 with Connor Luxford taking 6 for 30 for Regent's Park. So um, good efforts all round there. So, high and low scores. This is a pretty straightforward one this week. The highest score in the league and the lowest score in the league were first 11 games, weren't they? Can you talk us through the details? Yeah, so the honours go to Crouch End, as you mentioned at the beginning, 3-4, uh, 3 for three, four, 5 in against Hampstead. And uh, unfortunately, the wooden spoon, as we could say, goes to Titans, 50 all out against Highgate. Which was yeah, 50 on 8, the lowest, 3-4-3 three, three, for 5, and nothing was, no second 11 game, no third 11 game, no fourth, fifth 11 game, beat either of those. So there are highest and lowest of the week. A couple of other bits, folks, that I, I did note um, that I wanted to just, just sort of flag up. Um, we sort of traditionally try and look to see if anyone's done a really big dig in. You know, they've decided they're not going to win, so they've, they've, gone, they've gone big on not getting out. Um, We've had some real classics over the over the years. Actually, we once had a, a forty-five for seven or forty-seven overs, which I thought was was a decent effort. Nothing quite in that ballpark today. But Hampstead twos deserve an honourable mention. They were eighty-four for nine off forty-six against Crouch End twos, who scored two two nine for nine. So that that definitely counts as a a serious dig in. Have you got any memories of games like that, Dave? Where sides who you were playing against or playing with thought we can't win, we're not going to score any runs. Thou shall not pass. Yeah, there was. I think we had we had a game like that against Crouch End last year uh, when I yeah. was at Richmond, where we kind of blocked out for a draw. And I think for me, especially when I'm coming down the order, if I know the score is completely out of my reach, I'm not. I'm not risking my wicket. I'm not risking my wicket for it. So sometimes a lot of those decisions may fall upon myself. Um, but I actually find it quite good fun. I think. Um, yeah. I remember. I remember having a game against Stanmore when they were last in the Prem um, before they were the recent times now they were kind of doing a similar thing blocking out for a draw and you know I was bowling for Richmond and yeah we ended up we ended up winning the game um, I think I, I bowled then captain took me off tried someone else they looked like they were still blocking out he brought me back on and then you know we managed to you know get the, get the wicket you know get the wickets in the end I think it was about three wickets we needed to get but I actually do love it because, I mean, I know people say it kills the game, but it actually brings it, out the best, best of the skills. Yeah, I, I totally buy that. And I guess me and Sal are sort of old stages, we're going to say that. But the point is, that if you did it every week, well, you get one point every week, you'll go down. So you can't do it every week. But there are times when, you, if you can't win the game, well, then just chuck it away. It's too easy to win some games of cricket, in my mind, with this win-lose format. Not that I'm anti-win-lose either, really. But I do think the idea of bowling the side out is is, is a skill. And... 
We had it in one of our games at Twickenham last week. And what did we do? We chucked the ball to our 16-year-old Leggy and we got him fizzing it down. And um, it, it was fantastic to watch. You know, it was a real sort of test of the batsmen who were desperate to try and smack him over the curry house on, on the Staines Road. But what, why would you do that when you're not going to win the game? So the, the skills that were being, being rolled out, I thought, were, 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 were fantastic. But you're right, not everyone agrees with us wise old, wise old sages. I wanted to mention another game as well. The, this game is nuts, right? This game is bonkers. And I don't know if you picked up on this one, Sal, but we basically had a T20 in the league on Saturday. Did you pick up on this? No, I didn't see that. Go on. Go right. So, Harris St Mary's fours, they declared after 20 overs. How much? Runs. 91. Right. <laughs> so, I saw this... Well, I saw this and I thought, oh, this is a typo. No one declared. They were 91 for nine, um, but no one declares after 20 overs. So, I got in touch with... Um, one of the Arison Mary's boys. And um, I, I sort of said, what, what's going on here? Is it a typo? Were you 91 all out? He said, no, 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 no. We were 91 for nine. Um, but our number 11 was struggling. The pitch wasn't great. Pitch was poor. So we just thought, sod this. We ain't scoring any more runs. We, we, we just, we'll have 91 and we'll go at them. And I thought, right. So what happens? Right. It gets to the stage. West Arrow was struggling. West Arrow threes, this is. Um, and this is in Division 5B of the third tier. And so it's 91 for nine. And they are 86 for seven chasing, right, in, a, in the 19th over. And so they're 86 for seven. Arrow St Mary's need three, um, three, they need to get three wickets. At, uh, um, West Arrow got three runs to win. And a 19-year-old, Gunraj Kundi, comes on. He gets three wickets in the last over. Um, they win by two runs. OK, and the scenes apparently were off the radar. So it's 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 uh, 91 for nine off 20 versus 89 all out off 20. I like that, Captain. I just think it's brilliant. <laughs> and, and, and Tony just said, oh, the wicket was rubbish and our number 11 wasn't going to score any runs. Well, sod it, yeah, yeah, just, just, just that 91, that'll do. <laughs> and it's the fact that they basically bowl the opposition out in the same overs, same sort of overs. It's just like, you know, cricket, eh? You, you couldn't make it up if you tried. So that caught my eye. There was also another game. I, 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 you know, I can imagine this was a real, um, a, a real needle match. AP... Um, fours uh, are in the same division. I wasn't aware of this until the weekend as AP threes. So they, they played each other at the weekend and AP threes came out on top, which is probably for the best, I guess. Uh, they were 182 and AP fours were 109. And, um, you know, I was looking at that one thinking, you know, I hope AP fours managed to get pretty close. They didn't, ma they, they didn't manage to, but, um, but it sounds like it was a pretty entertaining encounter anyway. Um, Sal, there's some other AOB, right, from further afield than Middlesex that you wanted to throw in. Yes, yeah, so we spoke about this last week. Um, the Maccabea games are taking place in Tel Aviv and we had a, um, some guys from the MCCL playing for the Team GB cricket team. Uh, I know the Ryan Gold pairing of dad and son was out with Stephen and um, Mark, sorry, mine went for me. And also we had a guy from um, Acton, I think Neil Lederman, his name mm -hmm. is, who's like their secretary and a guy from, actually one of your guys, Dave, is it Dave Goldsmith? Captain's your twos? Dave Goldsmith, yes. Is he yeah. been away? Yeah, has he been away and in the competition yeah, yeah, last yeah, couple yeah. of weeks? Yeah, yeah. How many teams are in so, so, um, it? So, yes, is it a big thing? Is it? Is it? Is it sort of? I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not sure how many nations take class, but there is a kind of group stage, and you get to some knockout stage, I think. But they've actually won gold, so congratulations, Good to those guys. Then. So, um, your your guys will be playing against uh, gold medalists this weekend, Dan, when they come back, um, Mark and Stephen. So, yeah, congratulations to those guys. This last week, they mentioned this last week, but this was picked up by our Instagram page. Um, there's a player last week who took 10 wickets, um, Darsh Abinay. Uh, mm. Abinay took 10 wickets for Headstone Man against Southgate 2s. 
think 10 for 59, so that's not a bad effort. Dave, what's the closest you've got to taking 10 wickets in a game? Or innings, I should Come say. I've only got six. Seven, six or seven against... Uh, oh. It was against Hampstead. Um, that's, that's the closest I've got. I think it was... <laughs> I think it was in retaliation to an umpire. An umpire got, called me for running on the pitch and, um, in my follow-through. And I think I was on my final warning. And I kind of got, I got peed off about it. Mm. And then was, Started bowling fast and straight. <laughs> it, was kind yeah. of, it, was, it was pretty much just that kind of thing. And then, unfortunately, I haven't said wicket started to tumble. And yeah, I think I ended up with either six or seven. That's what I'm done. I've got ten. Um, in second over cricket, most probably got that. In, 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 in two innings, but I never got that in one innings, unfortunately. Yeah. Sam, you got... I remember okay. a game where you got... I've got, I've got a seven, seven, I think. Yeah. I've taken seven once, yeah. Two, a couple of twos games a few years back, but yeah, that's about where it stops there. Um, and we'll come back to David in a minute about this. So, Club Conference Cup yesterday, quarter-final stage action came a very uh, comfortable second sandwich town. I think lost by nine wickets, didn't post more than 100-odd. And your opponents got in, but from what it counts, David, your game, your game was a real uh, run score, run fest, wasn't it? Do you want to talk us through it? Against Camberley? No, you don't <laughs> want to talk you through it. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we had, we ended up with uh, me and my fast bowling partner, Sam, ended up with some wounds. Um, basically, Camberley had uh, a Wellington overseas uh, New Zealand batsman who spanked it quite a bit. I don't, he he's not in the same class as um, Joel Curtis. But, you know, he, he he didn't play conservatively. He definitely swung swung his hands from the hips. I remember asking him the question, don't you play on the ground? And he says, if it's there for six, I'll hit it. So that was pretty much... Decent enough response, a, a few balls lost that got recovered. But, yeah, it, it was that sort of carnage. We were, we, were, we were on a short boundary at Finchie as well, which did not help at all. Um, but, yeah, he you know, he, it was clean hitting. And I think his, his supporting partner most probably um, allowed us to amend our figures for a few overs until he got to about 30 runs and kind of, you know, got the gist of the pitch and managed to take himself up to 123. So, you know, good efforts to them. Um, I think their bowling and fielding was definitely, you know, where they where they were lacking, but it was a big it was a big score nonetheless. And what did they get in the end, Dave? Did they get 300 plus? Three, they? It was 325. Yeah, 45 over game, so you know, there's always going to be a tough ask for us. And well, unless you're in Division Six, and in Division Six of the County League, you know, <laughs> teams get 325 every week in that league, but um, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a tough one, yeah. So, have all our teams gone there, Sal? Have they, is that right? All the Middlesex sides are out of that now, yeah. I, mean, I must add, though, I'm David, actually, you guys gave a good shot, didn't you? Though, didn't Sort of yeah, it was a good. It was a good run. We obviously managed to come across a few Essex clubs along the way, you know. So it's been it's been a good. It was been a been a good run, but you know we managed to find an opposition that really you know just started off very well and put us on the back foot, and we weren't able to you know climb on top of that. So now nah, it's, it's been it's been definitely been a good experience. I mean, obviously we have we have, we, have, we haven't played against any. You know, it's most probably closest we're going to get to any sort of like top division. Sort of cricket, um, whether they're a top division side is another thing. But obviously, some like top division cricket that we may obviously come up against, you know, in you know, a few seasons or should it be next season. And you, you've been putting out decent sides of you as well, because I mean, a lot of clubs, mine included, Sunday Cups, were really struggling to get anything like a decent side out. But you're you're, you're doing okay with Finchley. Yeah, on I that think score, the right? bonus with Finchley. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, I think the bonus with Finchie is, you know, they're younger players. You know, they want cricket to be their their yeah. future, their job. 
So, you know, they, they stick around for cricket. They are making themselves available for cricket. If London schools doesn't nick their availability, then they're pretty much looking to play development or cup cup yeah. games. So it's actually quite it's actually quite a quite a refreshing thing that, you know, you've got young players that actually want to play, you know, weekends, train midweek, play midweek, you know, and play any sort of competitive cricket going. Well, never a truer word said there. Crikey, it is refreshing to hear that because you, you do wonder sometimes about how, how much cricket folks actually want to play. Um, because, you know, certainly we've got a lot of guys who I think if they play more than 10 games a season, they think they've played a lot. Um, and I'm not just about younger players there. I'm talking about through the club, you know, availability. Sometimes, this weekend was like, I'm like, we almost had 40 people away. It was like, blimey. But, um, you know, free country. Don't have to play cricket, I suppose. But um, I'll never understand folks who, uh, who, who, who turn the option down. Um, Cool. Anything else, Sal, that we needed to know about? Yeah, just for, actually, just for the record, though, so Finchley fell 27 runs short, so 2 9, 8 for 9. So, you know, yeah. they, they gave it a very good shot in response. Now, here's a question for you, Dan. I know you like your mm, running. Go on. Um, you've, done, you've done the odd marathon in your time, haven't you, from yeah, my, yeah, from my gathering yeah. our conversations? So, if I asked you um, what it would be like to run a marathon last Monday when it was the hottest day of the year, what would you say to me? I said, You're mentally insane. I'm sending the men in right, white coats round right now. Okay. Okay. If I said to run one the next day after, it's also forty degrees. Would you then you're delusional, and and you need to be saved from yourself. That's what, that would be my response. Don't tell me someone did that. Who did that? Okay. So as I mean, there's lots of good things that happen throughout the clubs. I'm sure, and players who are in our league, you make some great chari- charitable gestures. But um, Cam Jackson, um, Hampstead wicketkeeper. Wow. Um, he took on a marathon challenge last week. Which started on Monday, which was, as you said, one of the hottest days we've had for a year. Probably actually was the hottest day we've had for years. Hottest um, day ever, wasn't it? And he ran seven. Yeah, I think it might have been. So Monday and Tuesday, 40 degrees. He he ran seven marathons in seven days. Finished yesterday. Um, all um, the, the, the charities doing it for was JDRF, which is linked to diabetes. Callum has diabetes type 1 or, or type 1 diabetes. Right. He's had it since he's 13 years of old. Um, he's played professional cricket and managed to do that despite having this some condition. The reason behind his run and this charity sort of um, sort of cause he's trying to do here is to show to people that despite having a um, you know a condition which affects him, which needs lots of um, um, sort of work and sort of preparation and care, you can still um, do this stuff, can't you? Can still yeah. achieve. Yeah. Exactly, you can still achieve something that most people would think is not. He's possible. still a mentalist. So, I don't care whether he's diabetic <laughs> or not. He's, he's a loon, of course. Oh, he is. He is. But you know, the time it needs, the attention it needs, the management it yeah. needs, having that condition is not easy at all. Um, and also, it's to help find research to you know find a cure eventually for type one diabetes because there are lots of people living in that condition. So, um, massive hats off to Callum. I will post a link to the um, to the Just Given page on the Twitter feed when I get a chance and maybe via Instagram. I think it's been posted on the Instagram page already, um, but when I posted a tweet about the podcast, I'll add that in there's off well Callum. So I think, um, you know, as I said, to do seven and seven days is mad enough, but to do two of them and two of the hottest days we've ever had is even more That crazier. is beyond... But, what you know, I would say is, I mean, Alan O'Shea, captain of North London Wands, and I both did the uh, Berlin Marathon last September, independent of each other. We were both there, and that, that was about 25 degrees. That was a warm day, and... I mean, you know, I did, did do quite a bit of preparation for it, and um, that was that was tough. That was really tough, just because it was so, so so warm. So, um, so, so you know, forty degrees, monumental performance. Every respect to him for um, for that. Um, cool. Anything else we need to know, Sal? Are we done? 
I'm done. I'm done. Good stuff. Dave, thanks very much for joining us. It's been fascinating hearing, hearing your insights from, you know, in and around the league and from your experiences within it. Um, best of luck for the rest of the season. Um, it sounds like, you know, it's going to be an interesting campaign now in Division 1. We'll be following it and um, hopefully we'll get you back on at some point to talk to us about how it's all going. No, I appreciate that. Thanks very much. I think, obviously, it's, it's, still, it's still an open playing field um, for every team um, this season. So it'll be very interesting to see how it finishes. Obviously, from Premier Division, Division 1, all the way down to Division 6. Lots going on. Lots for us to, to chat about. And we will. That's for sure. So um, thanks, guys. And Sal, we'll reconvene next week. Yeah, cheers. Okay. Thanks very much, Dave, for coming on. Really welcome. Cheers, folks. Gentlemen. Cheers.